0: program
1: created by Rio Grande. Well,
0: the Police calling all cards. Attention all cards. Broadcast 273. Regarding the murder of Manson Mall. A 50 officers. That's all. So-
2: Enemy number one of the motorists is the treacherous lubricant that promises to protect but doesn't. That pretends to be strong, but is actually weak. It's a crime, friends, to put that kind of oil in your crankcase. And believe me, what kind of crime doesn't pay any. It does pay to use real
1: loops. And
2: here are some of the reasons. You can't break it down with the engine heat of your fastest speed. And, this is especially important in weather such as this... The swift, steady flow of real lube, every part of your motor can't be retarded by even zero temperature. You know what this means.
1: But
0: even though your car has stood in a cold garage
1: or out in the open all night, this
0: pure 100% peritone-based oil reaches even the most remote moving part of your motor the instant
2: you step on the start. Real goes to work immediately. And right here I want to say this. If the oil you're using is loping on the job, Put Rio Lube to work for you not later than tomorrow morning when you drop around at your neighborhood Rio Grande station for that police car performance Rio Grande crash, the most highly recommended gasoline sold in the West. The story we have dramatized tonight has been taken from the confidential files of the Los Angeles Police Department. We have therefore asked Captain Russell Smith of the robbery detail to present a foreword to our program. For more than five years, this department has been cooperating with the sponsors of Calling All Cars, in their endeavor to make known to the listeners of this program, the problems that face law enforcement officers in their quest for the solution to crime. The fact that we have reiterated the truth that crime of any sort is a losing game, criminals still feel that they can beat that game. Tonight's story is a case in point. The man who committed the crime, of which we shall tell you tonight, had every incentive, Considered to go straight, to be a good citizen. But the lure of easy money made him blind to the losing nature of the game he tried to play. We shall see as the program progresses how he learned that crime never can pay. It is nearing the hour of midnight on December 22nd, 1928. Officer H. E. Ward patrolling the district around 9th and Wall Street, Los Angeles, is just emerging from the deep shadows into the light of the street lamp when the sound of running feet brings him up short. Racing for him is a wild-eyed youth.
0: Officer! Officer! Come quick! There's a dead man up there. The dead man you say? Where? Up the street sir, in the parking lot. All right, come on. I think he's been murdered. He's all bloody. the parking lot you mean? Yeah. He's right over there by that old auto body. Uh-huh. Flashlight's going to come in handy. Blacker than the uh, He's space back there. He's lying right between the auto body and that poor truck. Say, you got the flashlight on him now.
2: Yeah, I see. He right. did all right. You're right about it being murdered. When did you come across
0: him? Oh, just a few minutes ago. What were you doing back here in the dark at the night? Oh, well, I live in this auto body. I fixed it up so that I could sleep in it. You mean to say you live in this thing? Yeah. It's okay with the guy who runs the phone station up front. Maybe okay with him for you to live here, but I don't think he'd appreciate having
2: people bumped off in his parking lot. I think you'd better come along with me while I phone headquarters.
0: A short time later, Detective Lieutenant Elie Sanderson and Blaney Matthews, assistant chief of
2: detectives for District Attorney's General's investigation, arrive at the scene of the murder. Detectives from the Central Flying Squadron already firing questions at Young Parker, the youth who discovered the body. When the two
0: investigators joined the group. I didn't do it, I tell you. Well, you're the one who found him, aren't you? Sure, I found him all right, but I never bumped him off. Who's this young fellow, Carney? Oh, hello, Canderson. Says his name's Sam Parker. Lives in his parking lot in the auto body where the murdered man was found.
2: Probably knows more than he's willing to tell. Now, hang on to him. we me take a look at the dead man first. Okay, Mr. Matthews. Any idea who the victim is? But Parker says his name's Bill Hanson. but he's been living in his truck. That Ford over there, and I see what do you make of it, Sandy? Well, there's not much doubt as to how he was killed. You can see for yourself the top of his skull crushed in, and there's all those deep gashes on his head and face. I'd say he's been dead about three hours. Mm. Most likely club to death with some kind of a heavy weapon. Look at his hands, Matthews. They're all skinned up. Somebody's dragged him over a rough surface. Probably the gravel of this parking lot. Yeah. Let's take a look around that Ford trucker handsome that Johnny pointed out. We might find something. Okay. I understand just how much that fellow Parker knows about this. Obviously. We... There. Take a look at that, Matthews. Mm-hmm. Here, at the rear of the truck. Pull of blood. And a big one, is that? Oh, there's another one over there. And by George, there's a man's blood-stained hat lying right at the edge of it. Mm, green Fedora, the door, eh? You know, Matthews, I think Hanson was struck right here at his own truck. See where the gravel's disturbed? Yeah, that's fine enough. That's the count of his up hands. He must have been dragged across the lot to the auto body where Parker reasonable. I'm going to show this hat to Parker and see what he says. Good idea. We should find a motive for this business. Uh, one of the most likely pop-ups. They generally do. Here's hoping this won't
0: be the exception. Say, hey, Parker, take a look at this hat, will you? Yeah. Is this yours? No, it ain't mine. Hanson's. I've seen him wearing it.
2: How long have you known Hanson?
0: Oh, about a week. He drove that old truck in here and paid Ralph Moore for a week's parking. Said he was looking to buy a new car to go on traveling. in.
2: Who's Ralph Moore?
0: The that runs the filling station in the parking lot. I done a little work around here for him. He let me sleep in that old truck body over there. How long have you been here, Parker? You're sleeping here on the lot, I mean. Oh, about three weeks, I guess. Been tramping the country, but just try to find a job. Did not have any money. Sure, he carried a roll of bills fit to choke a horse.
2: Well, how'd you find that out? I
0: seen him when he paid for the parking space. Not a dime in his pockets now, Sandy.
2: Have you searched Parker here, Colonel? Yeah, he's got a quarter, that's all.
1: Hey, what in blazes is that?
2: Looks like a couple of the boys have stopped the car up in the driveway in front of the service station. Come on, Sandy, let's find out what it's
0: all about. a man and a woman in the car, isn't it? Yeah, I don't see anybody else. What's it. Who are these people? This guy started
2: driving in here and then decided to back out in a big hurry. He says you don't want to get mixed up in anything. Oh, yeah? What's your name, mister? Henry Harper. What made you think you might get mixed up in something? Well, I I saw the cops, but around the top, I haven't done anything. How'd you happen to be coming in here? You could see the station was closed, couldn't you? Well, sure. I wanted to see. My partner's truck was here It uh, Pierce. got a job for Monday, and I wanted to check up on it. Who's your partner? Francisco Cannelli. He keeps his truck and car here and does street jobs and stuff like that. Where have you been tonight? Oh, we, uh, that is, Miss Eubanks here and I went to the movies. We were on our way home when I said I wanted to stop here. Why, what's happened? You don't know there's been a murder? Good Lord, no. I swear I don't. Well, a man by the name of Hanson has just been found murdered. He was lying by an auto body at the rear of the lot. You mean the auto body was Sam Parker's police? Yeah. Tell me, what do you know about young Parker? Well, nothing much. He did some work for uh, Cinelli and me. He dug a pit for us near the grease trap we just put in. Would you say he's the type of man who'd commit murder? Well, no. But then, of course, he was broke and hobo. If the guy who got killed had any dough, you can't tell. I see. Well, I'm sorry, Harper, but we'll have to hold you and your lady friend for further questioning. Well, now, wait a minute. i I'm please. sorry, Harper.
1: <laughs> <laughs> An
2: hour or so later, Laney Matthews and Lieutenant Sanderson are questioning Parker at the Central Homicide Office. Parker, what did you do yesterday? That was uh, Saturday.
0: I went to a movie about half past four. When I got out, it was about quarter to eight, and I went to a dance hall over on San Pedro Street.
2: Did you know anybody at the dance
0: hall? No, but I met a girl there. Her name's Ann Smith. We danced together most of the time until it let out. That was about eleven o'clock. Then I took Ann to the streetcar.
2: Took her to the streetcar, huh? Yeah. And then you came back to the
0: parking lot and smashed in Hanson's head for his bankroll. Is that it? No, I never did. When I got back there, I walked around the corner of the truck. I seen that hat and leaned down to look at it. Then I seen the blood in the lining. I went on over to my shack and I seen a man's body lying there. And boy, I burnt the wind to get that cop.
2: What time was that?
0: Oh, about quarter past eleven. And you have no idea who could have killed Hanson? No, sir. Except it wasn't
2: me. All right, Parker. But we'll have to hold you as a material witness. Take him out and lock him up, Red.
0: Okay, Lieutenant. Well, Matthews, what do you think? Mm. Parker's story sounds certain, enough. He had a potential
2: motive for murdering the old man all night. Yeah, that's true. Then, too, even though he only had a quarter on him when he was arrested, he still had time to hide Hanson's bankroll between the time of the killing and when he went out to call the officer.
0: What about this fellow Moore who runs the place?
2: I oh, don't know. Henry Harper gave me Moore's address. I think we'd better send a man out to pick him up. And while he's at it, he him, might as well pick up Francisco Tornelli, Harper's partner. I'd kind of like to hear what he has to say. Good idea, Henry. Well, uh, it'll be daylight before so long. I suggest we go back there to Nice and Wall in a little while and make a thorough search of that parking lot. It's was too dark to see much of anything when we were there before. Yeah. Maybe we can learn something worth knowing this time. Better luck than we had last night. You want to begin with Hanson's truck? Yeah, uh-huh. we might find something that'll give us a lead to any relatives you might have, if nothing else. You know, it's a funny thing that man you sent out couldn't locate even more of Canelli. Oh, you pick him up sooner or later, I guess. I told him to keep looking. Yeah, here's Hanson's truck. Apparently, he slept in the track there. Yeah,
1: that's
2: where we better look first. If we have to. We can.
0: Wait a minute. There's a young fellow unlocking the service station up front. That must be more. on with the work. See what he does. Okay. I who the chap is He just pulled into the lot and let Hudson. And... I don't know. Look here, Mathews. There's three of that just stand hidden away in this corner. Hmm. Maybe Hanson had some more money hidden around.
1: If he has, we'll find it all right.
0: It's handed. The fellow who just got over of the Hudson. And... Yeah. Here. pulling around that first truck. First truck? Then so that must be yeah. Carlelli.
2: Harper told me the press belonged to
0: him. Well, I was gone. We can out a man, man to pick up two suspects for questioning and he can't find them. Then the two suspects went right into our hands. hands.
2: Here comes the other fellow that opened up the service station. Anybody's got on his mind. How much longer are you guys gonna be around here for you? Ralph Moore. I run this station parking lot. We should hang this get through. So we're staying here until we find out all we want to know. Yeah? I'm always busy on Sunday. Police being here won't help to promote good
1: business. Well, that's just too bad, isn't it? But murder is never good business. They can't find a cop so chicken and German's fellow, no isn't he? Yeah. Well, I don't see nothing place else we can look around this threat. A lot
2: of good it is. It? And that's okay. fact. There's time than twelve dollars and twenty-five cents to solve this murder. Not even so much as a clue as to whether or not he had any relatives. I'll see
1: a Whether he's
2: really familiar. Okay, by Hey, are you paying to Miller? Sure, that's me. On that. we from police headquarters. You know about the murder that happened here last night? Sure, I know there was murder, but that's all I know. I see. Well, suppose you begin with yesterday noon and tell us what you did until you went to bed. Sure. Why not? I look after the gas station in the afternoon because Ralph Moore more said he want to go with old man Hanson to see about a truck. They left a little past noon and come back about at three o'clock. Were they alone when they returned there? No. Inez was with them. Who's Inez? It's a girl, a friend of a Ralph. Her and the Ralph went into office. I see him take a drink from Bottle. What happened then? Nothing. Inez and the Ralph were left after that and I keep on look after the stage. Mm-hmm. What time did Ralph get back Oh, about uh, quarter to six. The party started alongside the truck. They half Harvard and Lewis. What kind of cars do you on Moore drive? Mine is a Hudson. Ralph was the driver of a Chevrolet coupe. All
1: right, go on.
2: I went home about a six o'clock and I clean off. Then I have a dinner with a friend of mine at restaurant. Then we might to shoot the pool until a little after eight. Where'd you go from the pool hall? I went to dance to the shadow ballroom on Oak in the Washington See with a friend of mine. Four to watch. We left about a midnight. I drive her and a mother home. In the Hudson? Yes. Then I went to a little evening adjoined on a Pico street where I met Farrar and I have a dinner with him. I went on a home from there. And you weren't near this parking lot all evening? No, not. All right. We'll talk to you again later. Come on, Matthews. Let's see what Moore has to say. Well, it's a he can't tell much less than everybody else has. Or more... Come over here a minute. I want to ask you some questions. guys can a trigger from a fellow's hair. Oh, no way. What do you want to know? First, I want you to tell me something about yourself. How old are you and where do you live? Not to it's any of your business, but I'm 24. I'm single and live at home with my folks. Have you had this job long? Quite a while. Tell us what you did last night. I went out to see a girlfriend of mine last night. Her name's Zanis Chapman. Lizard, a couple other girls. Who's the old Agnes Hamilton? Hey, they're, uh, well girls. too. Never mind, there. What did you do after you got there? Oh, fooled around when I had to get some in use. There were other people there, and I was dirty, so my neighbors and I drove to my house while I wore some and changed clothes. I didn't know anything about the killings morning. Where'd you talk? know. Well, I haven't got one. Oh, weren't you driving a Chevrolet Coupé yesterday? Yeah. Well, where is it? Who does it belong to? Uh Well, I I found it. Left it where you found it. What do you mean by that? Well, I... That is, I... uh... Come on, fill it more. I suppose I might as well come clean. Stole that car on Friday night from a driveway near 54th Street and 2nd Avenue used it until 2 o'clock this morning after I'd taken Inez home. And I drove it back to the place I got you. You drove it to Inez's last night? First time, I took a taxi there. Why? Well, I started out of the station and the coupe had a flat tire. Went to a garage near and told the guy to fix it up. And I called a cab and went out to Inez's, picked her up, came back down to the garage. The was fixed up by then, so we took it. All right, more. But you might as well make up your mind you're going to stay in jail until we can check your alibi. That goes to your friend Sonelli, too. A few hours later, Lieutenant Sanderson was conferring with Captain James Upkeen, chief of the Home team, in the latter's office. you saying you have four suspects in jail already. Is that right, Sanderson? Yes, sir. Each of them had a possible motive, and they all had an opportunity to kill Hanson. You're sure the motive was robbery? I'm certain of it, sir. There's no trace of Hanson's bankroll anywhere. None of the four suspects had much cash on him when taken into custody, but it would have been easy to hide Hanson's money after killing him.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You better start seeing if you can break down one of the alibis. There's always a chance, you know, that someone besides these four might have murdered the old man. Well, that's true, but. I think either Moore or Harper or Tonelli killed him and dragged the body to Parker's truck so it looked like the tramp had done it. You mean because the lad's a drifter, the killer would figure it easy to pin the crime on him, right? Exactly. Well, I going to get back to my office, Captain. I have some people coming in who were with Moore last night. This will give me a chance to check on his alibi. Good. I'll see you later, then. I'll let you know if anything new turns up. Unless I, I know Chapman is you, Lieutenant. Okay. Sure then, Red. Yes. Sir. With any kind of luck, Matthews, we ought to get some sort of a lead out of this girl. Let's hope so. It's about time. You're going to stand Sit down, Miss
3: Chaplin. Thank you.
2: Miss Chapman, how long have you known Ralph Moore?
3: About a month, I should suppose.
2: Tell me about what you did together on Saturday night.
3: Well, you asked him over to the house in his working clothes. He said a taxi was waiting at his car, had tire trouble. He went to a top school house on Alameda Street. Went to his house, told so he to clean up. he got gotten his coupe from the garage first, though, and Ralph let the cab go.
2: Did you go inside his house?
3: No, I waited in the car. Uh-huh.
2: Did you notice any uh, scratches on Ralph? Any uh, fresh wounds?
3: He had a bandage on his hand, but I knew he cut himself about a week ago. I didn't think anything about it, so I saw fresh blood on the
2: bandage.
3: Oh. Ralph said he'd hit the cut and opened it.
2: Did Ralph tell you who owned that coupe?
3: Sure, he said it belonged to his mother.
2: What did you and Ralph do after he changed his clothes that night at his house?
3: He just drove around a little and then went to my house.
2: I see. Was Ralph uh, nervous? Did he act peculiarly? Uh, Did he give you any money?
3: I didn't notice he was nervous. He was also dirty and apologized for not having gone home to change before he came. But he'd been working. It was a little after 10 o'clock. What makes you
2: so sure of the time?
3: Because I've been expecting him since eight, and he didn't give me any money.
2: What time did you finally leave Ralph?
3: Around midnight.
2: Oh, well, thank you, Miss Chapman. So, you may go now. Thank you,
3: Thomas.
2: You hear that, Matthew? My nurse Chapman says she left Ralph at midnight. He told us it was 2 a.m. Yeah, I got that. I think I'll go out and make a thorough checkup on Moore's movements that night. If you drop back here in the morning, we'll see if we can't keep some of this tangle together. Lieutenant Sanderson checks with the garage man where Moore had his tire repaired and with the cab driver. Both corroborate the statement of Moore and his Captain. And then a startling fact comes to life. Blaney Matthews has just entered the office of Lieutenant Sanderson on the following morning. Any new developments in the Hanson case, Andy? Plenty. It's just been reported to me that the tire tracks we found that ran through that pool of blood strongly resemble those of a tire on Tonelli's Hudson. He you talk to Tonelli? Well, of course. But he sticks to his original story like a leech. I've checked with the man he had dinner with that night, and he verifies Fennelis' treatment. They haven't been able to locate the girl he took to the dance.
1: Hmm.
2: Looks like we're up against a stone wall, doesn't it? Well, I've got both Parker and Harper waiting outside, and I was just going to call Harper in when you arrived. Think you might do something new by questioning them again? I'm going to try. Send Harper in here, Red. Yes, And I wish you luck. How long have I got to stay in jail, Lieutenant? Ah, never mind that. You better come clean, Henry. You came back to the service station to meet your accomplice, didn't you? To meet the man who had killed Hanson and was going to split with you. No. I, uh, well, I was coming fact to meet someone, yeah, but I didn't know about the murder on sir. Who'd you come back to meet? Parker. Parker? And just why were you going back at midnight to meet Parker? Well, I wanted to get a new axle for the pierced truck, and I didn't have any money to pay for it, so Parker and I were just, well, uh, gonna steal one, huh? He said he knew where we might be able to pick one up. That was all, honest. it? Well, um, All right. You can get back to yourself. Have them send Parker in here. That's right. Well, this case doesn't beat anything I've struck so far. Yeah. We seem to be finding out everything, but who
0: killed Bill Hanson?
2: That's right. We can't find the murderer, but we've turned up one car theft and two <laughs> potential robbers. Yeah. One new lieutenant? Yeah. Parker says you and he were going to steal an last Saturday night. He what? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's
0: that's right. Yeah. That's what we were going to do. But I didn't speak about it because the murder stopped the deal from going through. Well,
2: there's nothing else you've forgotten, is there, Parker? Huh? No. You know whether Tonelli ever saw Hanson's bankroll? Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, I remember. He saw it all right. Okay. That's all, Parker. Well, so long, Lieutenant.
2: I'll see you later. Well, that's that. We're no further along than when we started. They all have good alibis, Matthews. Harper, Femelli, Parker, and... Wait a minute. Moore. Only Moore has no alibi. There's an hour or so the night of the murder he hasn't accounted for. One of those other alibis might be framed. Moore well, seems like a nice kid. Good family and all. Certainly, he doesn't need to go like some of the others. Granted. But there's a few things about that young man I intend to clear up. What do you figure I'm doing? First, I'll go over and talk to his parents. Uh-huh. Then I'm going to make a complete search of that service station. I've just got an idea the murder weapon may be in there. In both instances, Lieutenant Sanderson is rewarded. At the home of Moore's parents, a pair of blood-stained shoes is found. And at the service station, he finds a blood-stained gasoline pump wrench tucked away under some rags in a small cupboard. Back in his office, Sanderson orders more to be brought over from the jail so that he may confront him with this new evidence. He and Blaney Matthews are reading the police report on Moore,
0: which is just been submitted. Hasn't a very good report, has he? This report dates back three years, to 1925. He was arrested in Utah for auto theft.
1: Yeah, and a little later,
0: he stole a Ford car in Los Angeles.
2: They apprehended at Provo, Utah, and sentenced to 10 months in the county jail. Uh-huh. Broke jail, stole another car, and came back here. Caught by Los Angeles police and sentenced to federal prison at
0: Leavenworth, Kansas. And he was released from there on June 26th of this year. Let's see, that's almost six months to the day from the night of Hanson's murder.
2: Here's more, Lieutenant. Okay. Come on in, Ma. Well. You murdered Hanson. What are you talking about? I told you before I didn't. You asked me, I think Finelli did it. Oh, it's possible Finelli had a hand in it. He hasn't explained that blood-stained tire of his yet. But I think he only drove you back to the station after you left the coupe somewhere. He didn't commit the murder. You did. You don't know it. You can't prove it. Oh yes, we can. We found the gasoline pump wrench with the blood on it. We got the tan shoes you wore. They're stained with Hanson's blood. That makes you think it was Hanson's blood. <laughs> That's what police chemists are for. We know you had a lot of money late Saturday night. Money you didn't get legitimately. A lot of people paid their bills that day. Well, not several hundred dollars worth, they didn't. We know you were excited and nervous that night, and that there was fresh blood on your hand bandage. We also know you didn't leave the parking lot until after Hanson was dead. You
0: guys are trying to frame me, Alligator as Baby Parker.
2: Now, look here, Moore. You've got a marvelous mother. She's a fine. Sweet religious woman. Are you being quite fair in not confessing this crime? In not clearing your soul? Come on now. Tell us what really happened. I got pretty drunk after I was saying this. Been out in the afternoon. Hanson came into the service station office asking for a drink. I told him I didn't have one. Take it out again. the fight. Yeah. Go on. Then what? I picked up a piece of iron. I didn't know what it was. It must have been that wrench. I hit him with it. He fell down. I hit him again. Hit his arms around my waist. I hollered, to let's go. He tried to get up. I hit him again on top of the head. He on. He's timing.
1: Mean, let go his grip
2: around my waist. What would you do then? I didn't know he was dead. There's footsteps on that. I didn't know what to do. I awful still. So I dragged him over to that old laundry truck body and took his money.
0: I thought the police had think Parker done it. Then I ran away down Night Street. When I got
1: Connor, I came back. Get in the coupe and drove to the garage. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and you'd let Parker go to his death on the gallows just so you'd have <laughs> some show blow in, is that <laughs> it? I didn't mean to do it. I
3: didn't. I
2: didn't. I don't believe you, Moore. <laughs> and I don't believe the story of the fight. I think you planned out this killing of an old man in your own mind and struck him down without warning.
1: Honestly, I didn't
2: mean to. It was an
1: accident. I wouldn't kill anybody on purpose. Honestly, I wouldn't.
2: And I suppose it was an accident that you took his money too. Oh, no, more it doesn't add up. But can't give me another chance. The only chance you're going to get is to sit in a cell from now on. <laughs> Take him out of
1: here,
2: <laughs> In just a moment, Captain Smith will conclude our program. Don't forget what I told you at the start of the program, friend. Protect your car and the money you've invested in it with real The motor oil that flows freely in the coldest weather and cannot be broken down at the fastest speed in the hottest weather. See your independent Rio Grande dealer tomorrow and get the money-saving, power, depth, and mileage of Rio Grande Christ, the gasoline that is famous for its real police car performance, the gasoline that is first in public service. And now, Captain Smith. Ralph Moore was brought to trial in the court of the late Judge William Tell Egler and was sentenced to life imprisonment in Fulton. The judge was careful to include a recommendation that more never be paroled. The tire tracks of Connelly's automobile were found to be mere coincidence and he was cleared of any connection with the crime. Thank you, Covenant Smith. <laughs> Card, attention, all card, a cancellation of broadcast 273 regarding the murder. The suspect in this case is now in custody. And that's all. Oh. This is your narrator, Frederick Lindsay, I'm giving you a good night for real brandy. Rio Grande will not be on the air, but on the 3rd of March will present the unconquerable Mrs. Jungle. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.